Hey, Rethink Retail listeners. Have you heard about Retail's Golden Ticket event? On April 26th, Rethink Retail is heading to London, England to attend the Retail Technology Show, where Europe's leading retailers and tech providers will gather under one roof to explore the very best in retail innovation. The Retail Technology Show is a must-visit for retail and hospitality organizations that are looking for the right tools, the right solutions, and sound advice on how to run their businesses more effectively, more efficiently, and more profitably in a way that results in seamless multi-channel operations and enhanced customer experience. And better yet, you can get a free golden ticket to this event by registering at RetailTechnologyShow.com slash RethinkRetail. That's RetailTechnologyShow.com slash RethinkRetail. Welcome to Rethink Retail, the show where we dive into the stories and strategies behind some of the most successful brands on the planet. From brick and mortar giants to e-commerce disruptors, we uncover the secrets to their success and deliver the keys to true retail transformation. So ask yourself, are you ready to rethink retail? The future of retail starts now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Rethink Retail podcast. I was recently at Shop Talk where I had a chance to catch up with Dina and Riyadh to talk about what Contentful and SAP's big announcement was at the show. We're a couple of weeks after the show, and I thought it'd be a really good chance to hook up with them and talk through the announcement in a little more detail. Riyadh, Dana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. So Riyadh Hijal, I work for SAP, and I lead uh, solution management and strategy for SAP Commerce. Excellent. And I'm Dana Apostolo, and I'm with Contentful, and I lead partner marketing as well as our content marketing team here at Contentful. Fantastic. Well, Riyadh, let's start with you. Can you tell me a little bit about what Contentful and SAP's partnership is and how are you two working together to help retailers? Yeah, absolutely. So these are very, very exciting times. So a few weeks back at Shop Talk, we pre-announced our SAP's Commerce Cloud Composable Strategy, which is predicated on providing options and flexibility to our enterprise commerce customers so that they can compose with best-of-breed vendors such as Contentful in order to deliver delightful end-to-end experiences to their customers or buyers. Now, what we announced is fundamentally different from what was available at this, up to that moment in time in the market, meaning that a lot of the other vendors that preach a composable strategy typically require customers to compose at a very finely granular level. And so With SAP Commerce Cloud and Contentful, as well as our other curated best-of-breed partners, our approach is slightly different. We allow our customers to compose on their own pace based on areas that make sense for their business in order to not only differentiate, but drive tangible business outcomes. And I'll hand it over to Dina, who can talk to us about how Contentful, in conjunction with Commerce Cloud, is helping retailers drive better experiences, and ultimately more profitable outcomes to their clients. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for teeing that up so nicely. So the Contentful Composable Content Platform for SAP Commerce is really a new integration, as Riyadh was just saying, for their composable storefront. And so by coming into the storefront with Contentful and those other partners, we can really meet the unique demands of content teams. As we think about how 
our platforms work together from an architectural standpoint, that's API first. And really, it's allowing for the orchestration of content that comes together from multiple sources to be able to publish this to any digital channel. And so as you start to think about what digital channels we use today or those in the future, it's so important to have that freedom to ensure that the content is discoverable that your teams are investing in and that it is also reusable to any digital endpoint. And so we look at this as a great opportunity for us to help marketing teams and merchandising teams to really stage experiences and they can start to make changes and modifications to their content or their experiences in minutes rather than days. We look at this as a great way to also uh, deliver fast customer and commerce experiences. And that's incredibly important as you think about the pace of transactions that are happening at the pace that really we have to keep up with to accommodate for today's purchasers. And then we also think about this in terms of an ability for us to really help our customers to maximize their commerce investments. And this is really where this beautiful partnership between all of us coming together, it doesn't require a costly replatform. And that's so incredibly important today as we think about where the market is and really organizations are looking to reduce costs and to have a future of technology that can help to scale and meet their demands in the future. Wow, that's really exciting stuff. Riyad, over to you for this one. And I certainly don't have to tell you how uncertain the times are. Our retailers are facing a myriad of challenges like inflation, inventory shortages, employee turnover, and more. How can retailers maintain profitable amid all these challenges? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it, it was fairly easy when the money supply was so high and, and money was effectively so cheap. Like they say, right? Like a high tide lifts all boats. It was fairly easy to look good. Um, it's a completely different reality given the macroeconomic environment that we're operating in right now. And frankly, a lot of these execs that are either millennial or in some cases, Gen Xers are actually, this is the first time they're encountering you know, such a, a macroeconomic climate. And so it becomes really, really important to make every investment dollar return predictable and strong ROI. And I think it goes back to what Dino was saying, right? How do you make sure that you are future-proofing yourself and making sure that you can react to the expectations and the needs of your consumers without having to give the store away? And so for us, from SAP perspective, there's three key points that retailers need to think about to be able to you know, marry those two. And the first one is by tying enterprise-wide data, you know, spanning signals coming from the consumers all the way to the supply chain so that you can really understand and adapt in real time based on, you know, the behavior of your consumers. If a certain product all of a sudden shows a, a spike in demand because, you know, your favorite star wore it on the red carpet, I mean, retailers need to be able to understand that signal early and be able to then allocate inventory and resources to the right stores at the right time to be able to you know seize that moment and seize that opportunity so that's number 1 number 2 is you know to have an architecture that allows them while of course still partnering with IT to be able to experiment as well as execute at speed and so you know the name of the game in today's world is, has become agility i think as dino was describing and so how do you make sure that you marry the robustness of a feature-rich, 
highly scalable, you know, proven and robust platform, but without jeopardizing on your ability to experiment, move quickly, and the agility that is ultimately required to operate in today's environment. And then finally, last but not least, I think we've seen that retailers who really understand the role of the store in today's day and age where, you know, Amazon and certain geos has over 50% of the retail spend and how the stores can be used in an omni-channel way to provide a very differentiated experience to the consumers and that the stores, you know, that they rethink the way that the stores are being used and how content is being decimated across all of those touch points. Those are the ones that we see as coming on top. And of course, Leveraging technologies such as AI to provide even better personalization and being as uh, proactive in their engagement as they possibly can. These are some insights of what we're seeing the more forward-thinking retailers doing and thinking about. And yeah, I think the biggest mistake retailers can do is just try to go head-to-head with Amazon competing either on price or on assortment. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster, especially in this, in this environment. Dina, what strategies can retailers and brands implement to streamline operations and reduce costs while still maintaining high levels of customer satisfaction and loyalty? Yeah, for sure. Raji said something. He said a couple points there that were actually really tee this up nicely um, in terms of what strategies and best practices we're starting to see from retailers. I think there's a couple of things that stand out the most. I think one is that we are starting to see how customers that we're serving are starting to work smarter and harder. And so as we think about the dimensions of change that that have been going on with maybe hiring budgets and layoffs, as we think about cost reductions, teams, especially global teams, are looking and really starting to find efficiencies through more collaboration and sharing of resources. And so that's incredibly important as businesses are looking to consider their technology stack being able to leverage the ability to implement and to orchestrate composable systems can really help them to make the most out of the limited resources. You're not bound down to the constraints that you might have of a tool stack that is only relevant for one type of digital channel or one experience. You can think about how this investment that you're making around content can serve, whether it's teams that are need to access content internally or whether that's documentation that needs to be shared with your customers externally. And so those are some of the examples of working smarter and harder together to really help to ensure that your content and your investment that you're making in both technology as well as the content resources is going further. I think the second thing as well that Riyadh said nicely is about experimenting. And so I would say the the need to continue to experiment if you're not building your strategy without that experimentation in mind, then you're somewhat dead in the water. And so I would say here, the only way to even stay ahead in your industry, regardless of whatever kind of customer segment you are serving, is trial and error. And so you need to kind of focus on how do you maximize the ability to experiment, to learn, and to rapidly iterate. And those retailers that are staying ahead in their space are the ones that are building that strategy with those some of those principles in mind. Riyadh, do you have some others that you might want to share as well? No, I think those are great. At the end of the day, the last thing you want is for your technology stack to be hindering you on that front, on the agility and experimentation front. But we have a saying at SAP, we say, just because the solution is headless doesn't mean it needs to be brainless as well, right? And so I think it's really about finding the right balance between agility, but not at the expense of feature richness and platform robustness. 
I mean, at the end of the day, commerce today is 20% of the business typically in retail. I mean, obviously, depending on category, but that's a sizable part of your business. And what's also interesting, I mean, the other point that I will mention is that if you go back, and this is probably going to date all of us, but if you go back 20 years when we, 20, 30 years when we started on digital commerce, on our respective digital commerce journeys and careers, you know, the promise for digital commerce was that it's going to be this magical channel that was going to open up all of these possibilities because it's going to be the cost to serve was going to be so much lower, and yet you're going to be able to have fantastic reach. And what happened in the meantime, you know, fast forward 20 years is exactly the opposite. So there's fantastic data that has very, very clearly shown that as digital commerce has become a larger and larger part of the overall top line of, for retailers, the profit margins have actually gone down. And, you know, that's because of all the things that we've been talking about today, right? The, the costs associated with operating, the costs associated with things like free shipping, next day shipping, as well as technology. And I think now, given the current environment, we've reached somewhat of a tipping point. And so retailers are rethinking their strategies and finding the right balance between what's financially sustainable long-term, while at the same time, of course, delivering on the expectations of their consumers. I think that's such a major point, though. Just thinking about financial sustainability, I love hearing vendors really begin to wrestle with that, because I think you just hit on some huge points that the industry is really beginning to wrestle with how at some point you have to, this has to all make sense. And for years, we just sort of were going along. So I think those are really, really interesting points. Riyadh, what are some of the best practices when selecting and extending your commerce platform capabilities with best of breed partners? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of marketing lingo out there in the commerce world. I always find it interesting because when I compare notes with my peers and, you know, some of the other adjacent, I would say, MarTech categories like marketing solutions or sales SFA or, or service solutions, they don't deal with the same level of marketing lingo that we do in commerce. And arguably, it's normal because, you know, it's, it's very much an infrastructure-based investment. But at the end of the day, I think we are a little bit all collectively to blame to the confusion of, you know, all of our retailers. I mean, you things like headless and composable and microservices. And frankly, you know, what our customers are telling us over and over again is they're confused. And all of the vendors out there talk about it in very similar terms. It's very hard to differentiate between the offerings. And I would say my recommendation is to really do the due diligence and really understand, don't jump on something just because it's a fad, right? To really do the hard work of understanding what is it that your specific business needs where does it make sense to compose, go best of breed, or in certain instances, even frankly, build in a bespoke manner versus where it makes sense to rely on you know, your solution partners such as SAP for robust capabilities? And the answer, honestly, is going to be different for each customer. And it's going to be different per industry. And it's even with given industry, it can be different based on the digital maturity level, for example, of a given customer's. Certain customers, I mean, such as Aldo, which is a customer of both Contentful and SAP, are very digitally mature and they love to stitch together and build bespoke solutions because they feel that that gives them a competitive edge in the way they go to market. And that can be a very different reality for another retailer or someone in a different industry altogether. So ultimately, I know this is probably a little bit cliche, but the answer is it depends. Make sure you understand what are your requirements for your business, what is going to move the needle and just be wary of, you know, all of the marketing 
lingo and, you know, the snake oil uh, salesman out there. Yeah. And I think just to add on to that, I think two things come to mind when thinking about selecting technology partners. I think one is what Riyadh said, which is really understanding what objectives are you trying to solve for, right? So understanding what that strategy is and what the immediate and near-term versus long-term outcomes are might be a helpful way for a customer to kind of evaluate what's right for them. You know, asking yourselves questions, which is like, you know, do you want a large cloud platform for building and deploying and hosting your digital experience? Or do you want to work with something that's an independent platform? Understanding those things. I think the second piece is knowing who the champions are around change management in the organization. So we don't talk about that nearly enough. I think some of the examples of customers that we've worked with have had that nice combination of both digital maturity, not only from a technological standpoint, but also they've had the leadership buy-in. If you don't have that leadership buy-in and you're trying to make a decision to move towards a new stack, a new composable way of creating those digital experiences, it's going to take some leaders within your organization to support that and sponsor it. And so I would say that's one thing that we see that our customers may be ready to make the decision, but they don't really have that sponsorship. So those are a couple other suggestions just to keep in mind. Fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, Riyadh, I never in my 20 plus years of covering your company thought I would ever hear the word best of breed coming from an SAP person. So that's uh, that's quite a journey your organization's been on. Dana, what kind of technology should retailers prioritize to help them leverage customer data and analytics that help inform decision making? Yeah. The thing that you just want to continue to come back and ask yourself is that like, how are you using personalization today for really improving that experience that you're delivering? And if customers aren't using a customer data platform, I would say that's first and foremost something that might be really important to consider to make that investment in. You know, a CDP, as the industry knows it, can really help to make sure that every signal that you're getting from both the customer's behavior as well as the profile that you have can really direct that experience and the content to meet that customer where they are. And that will allow you as an organization to do the experimentation, right? You can start to run multivariate tests, you can start to create segments, and you can make the most out of both your technology and your content decisions. And so that's number one, as I would say, a CDP. I think one of the other ones as well is, of course, analytics, right? So if you don't have the analytics, but you have the CDP, then you're not going to be able to probably iterate as often. And so I think having the analytics will help to ensure that you're getting the mileage out of your content as well. I think other technologies that come to mind is definitely around AI. So as we think about what kind of technology might be native plugins that allow you to check things to help, you know, spelling, grammar, punctuation, those are things that really help your team to be a lot more productive. So you can use AI not to replace thinking or to replace roles, but to help you do those kind of tasks that are repetitive in a more cost-efficient way. So those are some of the technology that I would recommend that retailers are exploring as they're looking to create their stack. Yeah, absolutely. And I can only double down and agree on that. I think the most pressing thing is to make sure that you get your foundation right. And it starts with a true 360 degree view of all of your customer and customer data. And that's typically residing in a customer data platform. What we believe very strongly in at SAP is that view is not complete if you're only looking at the customer side of the metal. And so for us, it's really about tying the customer and consumer data 
into the back office processes and the back office data and the supply chain data and the inventory data and so on and so forth. So that's absolutely key. I think the other aspect, if you zoom in on retailers specifically, I'm going to go back to what I mentioned earlier in the interview, which is, you know, we believe that there is a huge opportunity within the store to leverage that 360 degree of the customer to rethink the way in-store associates, you know, can actually engage with consumers. And of course, it's probably more suitable for certain subcategories or subverticals than others when it comes to retail. But I mean, you have a huge asset with your in-store associates, with your stores. How can you use that data to really better engage with your consumers when they come in and even when they're not in the store, right? And make sure that you continue the conversation even when they're not in the store and actually bring them in the store, right? So I think that's number two. And then finally, I mean, it'd be a huge mess if we didn't talk, I think, as Dina said about AI. I mean, what we're seeing with ChatGPT and large language models is absolutely, this is honestly, for anyone who's a technology fan, like I'm assuming all three of ourselves here, I mean, it's a watershed moment. I mean, this is really has the opportunity to fundamentally transform a lot of aspects of our daily lives. And we're just scratching the surface. Personalization is one example. I mean, think about individual personalization, you know, the famous segment of one that as an industry we've been talking about for 20 years, this is all of a sudden becomes very much a reality. Think about how much you can augment even your frontline employees and your marketing teams. I think as Dina was saying, it's not about necessarily replacing folks or removing jobs, but rather making them just making them more effective, making them more efficient and just bolstering your team. So the opportunities are definitely, you know, and of course now we're still a bit of hype, but the opportunities are definitely there. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that develops in the next 12 to 36 months. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've heard one analyst friend refer to AI as the Gutenberg moment, which is pretty, pretty high scenario, watershed. I mean, you pick whatever term you want to use. Gosh, I've never in my 23 plus years as an analyst, I've never heard anything gain as much traction as fast as, as we have here. So without a doubt, it's a time for every retailer to be excited and maybe a little bit concerned depending on where they are in the adoption curve. Hey, this is really exciting stuff. Where can our listeners uh, find more information about what we talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all they have to do is go to sap.com slash CX. Again, it's sap.com slash CX. And from there, they'll be able to find all of the various solutions within the SAP CX portfolio, as well as, you know, the composability and partnership announcement that we made a few weeks back, sorry, at at Shop Talk. And then, of course, from there, be able to engage with SAP, you know, across various channels as well. We are also transforming to become a, you know, channel-less or omni-channel organization as well. And so you can self-serve and find a lot of information there, but you can also reach out to your account executive as well. Perfect. And I was going to say one last thing is that you can find Contentful from sap.com slash CX or contentful.com slash SAP. So we're definitely linked up there. So either way, you can get to us. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us about what's happening with this announcement. And I wish you both the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Dina. This was great. Great. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. 
follow us on Twitter at Rethink underscore Retail and show some love by subscribing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.